Hi, my name is General Levy. I'm a UK Dark Soul Jungle MC. I've been on the scene for a very for a couple of decades, a while, still going strong. And um, yeah, I'm from Northwest London, and um, representing. I have a connection to Brent because I was actually born in the borough of Brent, at Central Middlesex Hospital, and um, I went to school in Brent, and I lived in Brent. I have friends in Brent, and um, yeah, I have a family in Brent, so I'm, I'm connected to Brent. So I've been in Brent from, for, for, since the 70s. I remember, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an MC, so I didn't purchase that many songs, but I, I remember a song, let me see, that I, I bought. Let me see. I remember I bought, um, when I was growing up, a, D, a UK MC tune called Magadna King by Philip Levi from Saxon Sound. That was a a song that I bought from back in the day. Um, I remember when it was, this was um, in the early 80s, it must have been about 88, early 80s, 83, 84, when he released that song, The Gardner King. He was the first UK dancehall MC to have a number one track in Jamaica. So it's very special for us to have that kind of moment. So I bought the song. Oh, we listen to everything, man, from Diana Ross, because my mum looked like Diana Ross, they used to say. Um, I listen to Bob Marley, obviously, you know, Jimmy Cliff. Um, my mum did like the tune, My Boy, My Boy, Lollipop. Yeah, she looked at that kind of tune there. Because she was really, really small. She got number one when I was young. That was a big thing in, in the community, uh, like a reggae track would come out. So we, bought, we, we listened to everything, a wide range, from Diana Ross to Quincy Jones to Michael Jackson was in our household a lot, Michael Jackson. And a lot of um, a lot of soca as well, a lot of calypso, like Sparrow, and um, and um, you know Baron, and um, Explainer, and um, Uncle Crazy, you know. So we listen to everything in our in our in our household because you know we we just want to hear music. So but it was in pop music, the Bay City Rollers, <laughs> everything was in our household. I'm telling you, we listen to everything. So um, um, yeah, it was a wide range from R&B to soul to reggae. To, to Calypso, to even Mentor, to um, even, um, to, to, uh, yeah, everything. The wide range, Ska, everything, Mentor, everything, Soka, everything. Favorite reggae track, so many reggae tunes. Obviously, you know, I like the Natural Mystic, Nat Nat Natural Mystic by Bob Marley. I love that tune there, man. I've always liked that tune. And there's a, there's a, there's some, there's a few tunes that I love, you know. Just, I can't even say if there's one song that I love, you know. And because so many reggae tunes that came out, when I was growing up, that had um, had had influence on me, you know. Um, I'd have to say that's a bit above my natural natural mystics. I think that the contribution from Northwest London was strong when it came to pushing reggae music, because we had um, not only a strong West Indian community, um, but also we had um, record labels like Jetstar Records. And Jetstar Records was a was a label uh, was a distributor who who distributed reggae music from Jamaica into the UK. Also, we had radio stations, and also we had a lot of different people who were even from Jamaica who were pushing the music. So it was just a lot of love for the culture that came from Brent. You know, not just from the Jamaican community, but also from um, from Indian community, from 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 the white community, obviously, because I'm um, I mean. Chris Cracknell, you know, he's from Island Records, he's a white man, and, and Island Records is not far from here, 
it was in Labrador Grove. So we had a, a strong influence, Basing Street in, 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 in Labrador Grove. So we had, a, a, we had a lot of influence from, push from many different cultures that helped to make reggae music the strong force that it was. Definitely, a lot of people showed that music love coming up. Definitely, not just Jamaicans, but um, Trinidadians, Barbadians, some Lucians, Africans, uh, 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 Indians. You know, if you went to um, if you went to Jetstar Records and see who worked there, you'd see many, many, many different nations working in this record in, in this in this record in this record company. So there's a lot of push, a lot of love from Northwest London, from the community, not just the Jamaican community, but the whole community. Everybody loved reggae music. We were kind of weaned. It was out. It was, it was, you know, even people who were not from the culture grew up around it and grew to love it because we had a lot of um, pirate radio stations in the old days, Traffic Jam, Beatles, um, Sapphire Radio, this, uh, GLR, um, Time Radio. I mean, these were very important because a lot of people got their information from the radio, pirate radio. And um, also we had a lot of sound systems in the area, um, Java, Volcano, Tipitone, Meritone, um, Diamonds, um, many, many sounds in the UK, but particularly from, from Northwest, we had a, a strong community of um, sound systems, always a dance to go. You could, in the 80s, you could go to um, Hilltop Club in Stonebridge, or you could go to Tabasock in Harlesden, um, or before that, you could go to the Roxy Theatre in Harlesden, or you can go to Coliseum. Um, this is all when, when, when we were growing up. Plus, every Sunday, there was Stonebridge Park, where the, everybody from the community and surrounding communities were able to gather in Stonebridge Park. So, a popular grove in Chalk Hill. Uh, plus, we had Brent Show, Roundwood, Roundwood Park. Plus, we had um, Rotting Hill Carnival, so in, which is in Labrador, which is not far. So, there was a strong sound system influence element also with the records record companies like Jetstar which you would see Dennis Brown in there you could see Gregory Isaacs walking up the street Harlesden High Street going to Jetstar you could see people like Tyan back in the day many artists from Jamaica used to come to London to England just to go to Jetstar Striker Lee big producers from Jamaica used to come through to do their business so there was always a strong Phil Pratt he was he had a, a rest, he was a big uh, producer in, in in the 60s and 70s. He had a food shop called Scandal in Harlesden, so he was a big man in the, in the business. Plus, he had Hawkeye Records, he had Supertone Records, I'm not Supertone, um, I can't remember the name, I can't remember the name of that record shop. <laughs> I can't remember if to go with it. Sunrise, Sunrise, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another one at the top there, man. My friend used to have Austin's record then, to be at the top of um, Jubilee Clock. So there's always been a place where you could buy reggae music. It kept it active because um, every weekend people would, would prepare and get themselves done up, buy their clothes, go to the shoe shop, or they'd get their hair, get their hair done. So it, was, it, was, it created a, an atmosphere in um, in Harlesden, which it helped. You know, it was like a it was like a, a it was like a family. You know, it was like a family. Everybody know when Volcano was playing out. Everybody would gather at Slaybrook School or Hilltop, whatever venue it would be. So everybody knows what's going on, you know, it's like everybody in the community. And he'd go and, you know, and everybody knows everybody. You know, you see, maybe, maybe not to speak to, but you, you, you know you see people, the same people there every week. There's a lot of kind of family vibes. It's good for the community, let people get to know each other. A lot of people met through parties and gatherings. 
when we have these things in the youth, we used to have youth centres, youth clubs, Aberton Youth Centre. These things helped the community to, to, to bond and grow together. That's why, not just economically, but also socially, that's what it was really good. Because I, I see people now who I, I've see, I know them from, from, from skating days, from Harrow Leisure. And I see a man now, he's about, he could be 60 years old. And I say, I remember when this guy was young, 35 years old, 40 years old, whatever. I said, he used to roller skate. So you, we know each other. You let people know who we are. Everybody gets to know who they are. It's a sociable event. It was very good for the, for the community, for community building. Right. I mean, I remember when, 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 when the Congo hat came out, and a Congo, like a furry hat kind of hat, called a Congo hat, and everybody wanted to get every colour. You'd go to some people's house, they had every colour of the Congo hat. You could red, uh, blue, black, white, cream, every colour, the Congo hat. I mean, once, the thing about reggae music is to bring a vibe. If a man do a song called Clark's Booty, Everybody ran out to get the best clerks. So it was like a kind of a media, like a new media that we used to kind of follow, you know. And um, bell-bottom pants, people used to wear these big belts. But when the Jamaicans came over, we used to call them yardies. They came over in the mid-early 80s. They brought the, the clerks boots, the bell-bottom pants, you know what I mean, and that kind of stuff there. And also we had a style where we was dressing up as a kind of, I'm not sure if this is Jamaican style, but it was a UK kind of sticksman style where you wear um, Kabichi, um, Farrell's, crocodile skin shoes, my brother used to wear this kind of stuff, cashmere coats and this kind of stuff, beaver hat and this kind of stuff, docket chains, uh, chopperita, you know what I mean, um, sovereign, you know what I mean, on your fingers. So there was a kind of attire that comes with every kind of um, culture, every kind of movement, musical movement. Of course, there was an, an attire. Like when you go to the club, you see a man in a Congo hat. Yeah, man, it's, it's the standard. You know what I mean? It's just a thing where up to the time, you, you know, you're in tune with what's going on. It's the fashion. The fashion comes with the music. So definitely, there was a lot. To, a lot. There was a um, yeah, a procedure. There's always been there's always been dance stars. You know, from the rocking dolly to the water pumpy in the 80s, to walk and skank in the 80s, in the 90s, it came with the bogle. It came with the Santa Barbara, all, all these kind of um, yeah, man. Every every year there's there's been some kind of new a, a dance to go with the kind of music that was out at the time. Because original 80s was um, you know, um, water pumpy and this kind of stuff, and 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 you'd hear songs about it, you know what I mean? And they're, they're, like the artists would be singing about water pumpy, and it'd be kind of telling you how to do the moves, which happens now with hip hop. It's a standard thing whenever a popular music comes out. You get singers who will be singing about it, singing about certain dances to do. Every week there's a new dance, you know, butterfly, all these kind of dances. So, yeah, there's always been dances to go along with uh, the, the, the movement of the music or the current state of the music. Yeah, had venues, you know, we had venues. We had like, um, you know, Hilltop, Slaybrook, um, school. This, these were schools. Like, Slaybrook was a school, and they had to, to let them use the gym on the Fridays. So it was good, they'd be able to go to the gym. Um, Alberton New Centre was a good place. Um, Coliseum, which is way, way, way back. Roxy Theatre. And then they had another thing called a blues, blues dance. You call it a blues party, where, you could, where people would find empty, empty, empty flats and they string up the sound for the Saturday night, get the word out, particularly in, in the estates, like Stonebridge and Chalk Hill. And, uh, you know, you'd find, oh, Moza, there'd be a little blues party where you could, it's like an unofficial party and pay five pounds to go in there 
and 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 it's dark, very dark in there. A lot of a lot a lot of things used to go on in blues parties, and um, you know all these other places like Granville, Granville Centre used to be on as well. So yeah, there's always there was there was there was always venues back in the day they go to, and then people give out posters during the week. So you'd be in the barbershop, you'd see a flyer come through and tell you, oh, there's going to be a show Friday, or there's going to be a sound clash in the Abbotton News Centre, or a sound clash here or there, you know. So it was, it was like there was, we had our own media, our own thing going on. You could listen to what you could listen to reggae. There's radio stations, Roots FM and stuff, if you want to listen to the Roots FM or um, the radio stations. But to listen to reggae music now in Brent, you can go to the record shop, you can go to Hawkeye Records in Harlem High Street. They still sell vinyl. And there's another one across the road, Sunrise. I think they're called Sunrise. Yeah, there's, uh, there's reggae music there. If you want to hear reggae, if you want to purchase reggae, yeah, there's still places you can buy it. You know, maybe only two shops in Harlem, but that's actually so. Or, but if you want to listen to it, you, you go on, you go online. I mean, it's right now, really, technology's moved on now, really. You can listen to reggae music anywhere you want. You could be in an igloo. How does reggae affect youth behaviour? Reggae, it gave us knowledge about things that, then, that the common media wasn't telling us. We'd hear about certain... I learned a lot from listening to music. I learned a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff that I learned from, from uh, listening to music. It was like a kind of rebellious uh, news line for us. Like, it basically it was like a grapevine. It was a thing where you hear about what's going on. You hear about stuff in Jamaica. You hear about the, the latest goings on. And I think that it, it was... It made it, it made you kind of if you listen to the right kind of artists, it, they would sing about political stuff or stuff that would, could affect us humanity. It gave you it, it gave you a, a, a form of human 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 kind of um, rights. And it told you about your rights as, a, as as an individual. You know, get up and fight for your rights. It made you kind of um, question authority. That's what the reggae music did. It gave you an option. It gave you an option. Well, I'm, I'm, I have a big fan base who people who like my music, love my reggae music, and I listen to reggae every day. I listen to online. I get a lot of information. I like listening to the vlog of them. And, you know, I'm, I, I kind of like the way, because I've been, I'm a product of my environment, I'm kind of that way inclined, even when I do my music. I have to look a bit of reggae, I look a bit of message, a little bit of, you know what I mean, rebel in it you know so i think that's made me into a, a, a fully rounded individual and um yeah man it's part of my my whole life really i i incorporate it obviously i'm a uk born citizen i'm not jamaican but being a product of the environment it tends to just kind of come out if you've grown in that environment it becomes a part of you really because you've grown up in it and you don't really know anything different if you grow up in harvest then anybody growing hard they know what i'm talking about you know if you're born in Harley's then, and you're North Craven Park, and you're North the ends, even if you're Asian, Chinese, white, you know what I mean? You have a little bit of reggae in you, because it's a, it's a community like that. At the moment, I think we should really go back to the, the 80s and 90s, because there, there was more hardcore reggae then. Now, it's very multicultural, our community now. So to be saying that, I wouldn't say that it's so reggae community as it was before, because we have options now. There's, there's dance, there's all the different music. The kids listen to, listen, to, listen to different music, not just reggae music predominantly now. But um, I would say that they need to know the history and appreciate that. Maybe it's not so hardcore as it used to be, but they still need to know that 
fundamentally it was a it was a reggae community. It was a you know I mean a dance style. There was a strong Jamaican West Indian community. West India, not just Jamaican, because um you have the you have the you have the Calypsonians. You have the because the carnival, Latin New Carnival, is from Labrador Grove. So I just have to say to them that boy, there was a golden years in the eighties. <laughs> there was a golden years in the eighties that you know should be remembered. There was a golden time of reggae music in Northwest London. Brent, particularly in the seventies and eighties, you know, and the nineties, and the nineties as well. There was, there was a golden year that we should. We'll look back on and maybe even reignite reignite it would be great if to get if there was an opportunity to be able to reignite that and, 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 and celebrate if they celebrate those artists and those people who made that contribution then uh, maybe the youth could pick back up on that and uh, pick back up the baton. Yeah man they should put a plaque up at Jetstar so people know that this place is Jetstar Records where where a lot of reggae music came through from. I think they should put up some plaques around Northwest London, you know. Certain people used to live, certain artists would live in certain houses. It'd be great for people to ask that Ellis lived there, Dennis Brown stayed there, you know, Gregory Isaacs was living there, Bob Marley stayed in here, you know, because I had a neighbor where I used to live before. I had a neighbor who told me that she had a, a, a coat from Bob Marley because he stayed at her house one time when she was living in Labrador Grove. And my lady was like, wow, just to remember certain things, we should. Um, maybe, you know, once a year have a celebration and invite some of the artists who had input in, in the 70s and 80s. You know, remember, I mean, because reggae music is the backbone still, you know. I mean, respect to the other music that, that, have, that have contributed, but I would say reggae music has really been the backbone, the one that's really, you know, um, really ignited the, um, the community, was, um, and the uni- united the community, united the community was reggae music. Definitely, because when I have to go to dance, so I think it deserves to be remembered as a as a music that brought people together. Reggae music bring enough people together, enough cultures, enough enough, enough um, immigrants came to England and cling to reggae. Many immigrants from other countries came to England and cling to reggae more than they cling to even pop music, the mainstream music, because it's always good to have alternatives. So I think reggae music should be remembered in the hearts then as being the capital of reggae music. You know what I mean? The capital of reggae music in the UK because they're the biggest distributor, Mr. Palmer, Jetstar Records, you know, and plus Ireland Records, just up the road there, West London. So I think North West London should be remembered as, 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 as a capital to reggae music.